Uh, this is a, a, a fun message for me to, to preach simply from the standpoint of it involves all of us. Uh, a lot of times when Pastor Trent or myself preach, it involves uh, uh, like a, a certain group of people or it, it's not necessarily for everyone, but this one is a message that all of us can take away something from because it's dealing with friendship. And this is a great season, especially in this COVID season, to actually wrestle through what does it mean to, to have friends when our world isn't consistent. We're not going to, to wing night with the boys on a Tuesday night. We're not going shopping on a, on a Thursday like we used to. We're not having coffee like we did for 10 years on a Saturday morning, always at the exact same time. And so all of us are going to wrestle through this concept of what does it actually mean to be a friend and we're going we're to amplify it and go what does it actually mean to be a spiritual friend. This week was an exciting week for me. On July 16th, my wife and I celebrated 27 years of me asking her to marry me and her actually saying yes. And as we stood at Lake Louise celebrating that day in 1993 and Michelle looked at me and went yes we entered into this friendship that has highs and and lows but as we said to each other this week we wouldn't have chosen anyone else you know last Sunday in the afternoon was a great time for us as a church we celebrated this experience of Renfrew on the roof. If you didn't get to see each other that, that Sunday, I'd encourage you to sign up for our next event. And at 11.45 today, when I finish my message, there'll be a, an email that comes to you. Harmattan in the Park is going to happen next, I mean, sorry, Renfrew, Harmattan, my other world. Thank you for laughing at me up in the sound booth, guys. Renfrew in the park is happening next Sunday during our normal service time. We're going to gather as the church, as people who have been meeting in homes. We're going to gather together. We're going to, to have a little singing together. We're going to hear Pastor Trent talk to us again about David in the Psalms. It'll just be a great time to, to gather once again in this season. I actually view it as a chance for us to, as we communicate, as we hang out, as we sing, that we're actually going to bless the Renfrew community. We've been enjoying this journey through David's life. We've talked about how David was chosen, that, that God looked not at what we look at, God looks at something deeper, the heart. We figured out that David was chosen because of his heart. We talked last week about the, the great giant, Goliath, and how God caused us to sometimes battle these huge enemies that are in front of us, and how do we actually navigate that. Today, we're going to unpack what does it mean when we look at David and David in the Psalms as we study this, this understanding of spiritual friendship. We're going to look at David's life, and just like Mr. Squibbles led us, we're going to look at, at Jonathan and David, and what was the bond that made them so powerful together. I want you to think for a second. 
What does, what does friendship mean to you? There's going to be this, this blank screen now on your screen. It's white. It's a clean sheet of paper. And a lot of times when we think of, of friendship, we quickly jump to a person's name or we jump to a time in our past where we remember it very fondly. But what does really it mean to be a friend in the world or a friend when we gather as a church, as Christ followers? Maybe it's, it's what your parent taught you. you. You learned that friendship was a place that you had to share. And I can remember my parents or, or Michelle and me being parents saying, okay, you got to share, you got to share. And maybe that was our definition of friendship. You know, the first friendships that, that I can remember were in grade one, and I had two friends, Herman Leps and Ashish Vashish. We did everything together as we grew up in, in Millwoods and Edmonton. It was bliss. I mean, the, the key to that friendship was, what are we going to do at recess? It was pretty simple. But the older that, that we get the the more we realize that it just isn't the case with friendship. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, the, the glory of friendship is not in an outstretched hand, nor a kind smile, nor the joy of companionship. It's in the spiritual inspiration that comes to one when he discovers that someone else believes in him and is willing to trust him. Well, that's great from, from Ralph, but what would Scripture say us to us? And here's what Scripture would say. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one will help the other get up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep one warm all alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Then this statement that we've heard many times, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The Proverbs would show us even more value that comes with friendship. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, A perverse person stirs up conflict. And gossip separates close friends. In Proverbs 17, verse 17, it would say, A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 18, 24 would say, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In Proverbs 28, 18, and 19, it would say, Like a maniac shooting flaming, flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and simply says, I was just joking. Or this in, in Proverbs 27, verse 6, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In verse 9 of that same chapter in Proverbs it says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. 
And then Proverbs 27, verse 17. This is one that when we read it, it'll ring true in your mind. You've heard it many times. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So before we define David and and Jonathan's friendship, we need to look and, and kind of wrestle through some questions for ourselves. What kind of friend are you? Are you trustworthy? Are you steadfast in the midst of opposition or, or trouble? Is your friendship pure in its foundation? Is it based on the right motives? Are you trying to use your friendship to, to get leverage out of the other person? Is your desire for the good and the welfare and blessing of your friend? And then this one, are you willing to, to help your friend in advice, in advance? Let's pray. Then we're going to look in at, at David and Jonathan from 1 Samuel 18. Let's pray. God, thank you that you speak. May you put me far in the background that my friends truly see a representation of you speaking to them. May the Holy Spirit guide and prompt and lead. May it truly be about you. May this be an extension of worship this morning. We love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to 1 Samuel 18. We're going to walk along the first few verses of 1 Samuel just to kind of get a, a basis of what is this friendship that David and Jonathan actually have. Look at, look at verse 1 there in 1 Samuel 18. After David had finished talking with Saul... Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. David had, had just finished talking with Saul about victory, and it's the first time that it's actually mentioned that there's this friendship between David and Jonathan. Although David and Jonathan probably knew each other because David had served in Saul's court, there's no indication that there was a deep friendship before this. The passage here in, in 1 Samuel doesn't explain how they became friends. It doesn't explain what occasion drew them together. It just tells us this, and I love these words, that Jonathan's soul became one in spirit with David. And he loved him as himself. The soul of, of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. The imagery is of these two chords coming together. The same word that was used in instructing the Israelites, the people of God, to, to bind his word upon their forehead and their hands. That's Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6. If we apply that, that same concept of knitting together, and we see this knitting together of David and Jonathan's soul is this inseparable bond that's between two friends. Well, let's continue in this story. Look at, at verse 3 and 4. And Jonathan made a covenant, a promise with David. Once again we see this because he loved him as himself. The author wants us to catch that, that, that David and Jonathan and Jonathan's love for David was so deep. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing. Can you see it? And he gave it to David along with his tunic and his sword, his, 
his bow and his belt. In verse 3, it, it said that, that Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him. That covenant, that promise is, is different than just simply words that you and I utter that sometimes ring true and sometimes we forget. That, that covenant is it's like that bond we see in marriage. It's like God's covenant he made with Abraham and Moses. It's those eternal promises that God makes. The Bible doesn't tell us what was exactly in that covenant. But I imagine it's like the covenant that childhood friends share together. A covenant that maybe you had with some of your friends where you look at them and you say, forever we're going to be friends. So this morning, let's unpack some truths about friendship. I think that in our lives as, as Christ followers, we have lots of acquaintances. But we don't have a ton of true friends. To be honest, as a church, we want to dive into this in a deeper way. We're actually going to keep coming back to this. We want deep friendships, not just people that we hang out with. So what makes up true spiritual friendship? Here's the very first one. Come on your screen. A true spiritual friend is always willing to sacrifice. After Jonathan made that, that covenant with David... You see what he, he did. He demonstrated his commitment. He, he took off his robe. He gave it to David. He gave his tunic, his sword, his, his bow, his belt. Jonathan gave David his robe, which would have been this royal robe that would have belonged to the family. It was only given to the, the crown prince. Jonathan's sword, his, his bow, his belt would have symbolized power, and Jonathan was giving it to his friend, giving him power. Jonathan was, was making a sacrifice to demonstrate to his friend that, that nothing, nothing would get in, in the way of their friendship, including his status as a prince, his reputation, or even what his family would see. Jonathan had a lot more to lose in that friendship with David than, than David did with Jonathan. We have to understand and just proclaim this, that, that David was actually inheriting a lot more than Jonathan was in this friendship. David was just a shepherd boy. David was not influential. David was from a modest family. Later, we see that Jonathan actually sacrificed more than his robe and his armor. He put his life in danger when, when King Saul, his dad, wanted to kill David. On one occasion, Jonathan, and we saw this with Mr. Squibble, had to actually dodge a spear that was thrown by his father. Because Jonathan defended David. That's that first characteristic. A true spiritual friend is always willing to sacrifice. Sometimes being a true friend means that we have to sacrifice for the benefit of someone else. Sure sounds like Jesus to me. Are we willing to share things that are important to us? Are we willing to go the second mile? A true, true friend is completely unselfish and willing to give. Would you be willing to help a friend get a promotion even if you're trying to get that same promotion? 
Spiritual friendships are not just about what you can do for me. But what can I do to help you? How many people have friendships just to make themselves look good? Or to get something from someone? That's not the kind of friend that God has called us to be as Christ followers. We know this. Because we have the the perfect example that we find in Jesus. Jesus says this in John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, no one than this, than to lay down his life for one of his friends. The true sign of a spiritual friendship is sacrifice. It's self-giving. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice by laying down his life for his friends. Who who are Jesus' friends? Those who love him, those who follow him, those who obey his commands. Even if you have no other friendship in this world, the greatest friendship you can have is with Jesus. Listen to this great verse in James chapter 2, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And I love this, and he was called God's friend. I'd love that to be a description of of me. Well, let's continue. The the second point is simply this. A true spiritual friend is, is willing to step into the gap. They're willing to step in. Sacrifice is one thing, but willing to actually step into the gap is another thing. We're a a loyal defense for our friends before they actually realize someone's ridiculing them. What do you say when someone talks about your friend behind your back? Listen to the story that David and Jonathan continues in 1 Samuel 19, 14. I love this. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, Dad. And what he has done has actually benefited you greatly. He took his his life in his own hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it, and you were glad. Why then? Would you do wrong to an innocent man like David? Jonathan defended his his friend before his father, proving to us that friends stick up for each other. On the other hand, compare David's first wife, Jonathan's sister, Michal. When their father, Saul, tried to kill David, Jonathan stood up. He was loyal to his friend. He was loyal to that covenant. Michal did help David escape. However, when her father, King Saul, questioned, why did you let David escape? She replied, he said it to me, let me get away. Why should I kill you? In other words, she made it sound as though David made her do it. It wasn't her choice. David's wife was more concerned about saving her own skin than telling the truth. True spiritual friends are willing to stick up for each other. When was the last time that you stood up for your friend? When was the last time you stood up for your family here at Renfrew? The third thing, a true spiritual friend is always an encourager. 
Listen to what 1 Samuel 23, verse 16 and 17 says. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid. My father Saul will not kill you. He will not lay a hand on you. You're going to be the king. And I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. So much of the Psalms, and we're going to end this, this message uh, in a few minutes with Psalm 59, but so much of the Psalms is David hiding, running from King Saul. And here, here Jonathan and his friends going, I got your back. You're going to be the king. Jonathan knew David was discouraged. David had been running from Saul for such a long time. He was tired. We might say that that David's faith was getting low. Jonathan took this chance. He went searching for David so that he could lift him up, so that he could encourage him. A characteristic of a true friend is a true friend is always an encourager. Any friend can encourage. Hey, it's a great shirt you got. Oh, what a great, what a great project you've worked on. But a true friend looks into our heart and realizes that we need to be lifted up. That our strength can actually encourage their strength. When Jonathan encouraged David he, that his father wouldn't lay a hand on David, Jonathan was looking at David going, I know you love God. I know you will survive. I know that God will lift you up. The Apostle Paul reminded the church of this thing in, in one of his letters in 1 Thessalonians. It's the responsibility of us as, as Christians to encourage and build each other up. Listen to, to 1 Thessalonians 5.11. This comes right from Paul. Encourage one another. Build each other up just as you are doing. Are you a source of encouragement for your friends? Do you have a friend that encourages you and, and builds you up in your faith? It's not just about encouragement, but they encourage you back to, to who God is. Well, let's, let's wrap this up. A, a true spiritual friend is loyal. At one point in, in David's life, the, the friendship of, of David and Jonathan was tested. David knew that, that King Saul, Jonathan's father, was after David to kill him because he was jealous. But when he went to Jonathan, he, he didn't believe it. Who is Jonathan going to trust? David had claimed that, Jonathan, your dad was about to murder me. Jonathan was between a rock and a hard place. So Jonathan agreed to to David's plan to determine his father's intentions. David didn't show up at, the, at his father's table for dinner. The first night, Jonathan made an excuse for him. And Saul let it go. But the second night, when Jonathan made an excuse for David, Saul got so mad he took his spear out and threw it at Jonathan. Now, thankfully, Jonathan was fast enough to get out of the way. But he understood what his motives were. Jonathan and David's friendship lasted even through the tough times. For some of us, we will remember Jim Baker, that name. 
Jim Baker, when everything collapsed around him and the, the fall of his ministry came to a crashing halt, he made this great statement, and it's a true statement for us today when we talk about friendship. When everything left, he said this, I didn't lose any friends. I just discovered who my true friends are. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, A friend loves at all times. A brother is born in a time of adversity. Christians, Christ followers, are not fair-weather friends. We're loyal, we persevere. Many of us have friends, but do we have the kind of friends that God desires us to have? Do you and I have a Jonathan in our life? Proverbs 18, 24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So, do we have that friendship? Do we have a friend who encourages us, who builds us up, who points us back to Jesus, who sticks with us in the thick and thin? Is there a Jonathan in our life who we can share our deepest concerns and they don't judge us? Now the interesting piece is at the end of this message, we don't just become this kind of friend. The only way that we can kind of learn about friendship is to first look at Jesus and understand our friendship with him, our relationship with him. I thought there would be no better way to end this service than just reading from Psalm 59. It's a time of, of David hiding in the, the cave. And if you have an NIV Bible, you would see that, that David is, is hiding because he's worried that he is going to be killed. The verses are going to come on the screen. You can just follow along. You can look in your own Bible. But this is how we're going to end our service from Psalm 59. And then I'm going to pray a prayer of benediction over you. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Be my fortress against those who are attacking me. Deliver me from my evildoers. Save me from those who are after my blood. See, they, they lie in wait for me. Fierce men conspire against me. There's no offense. There's no sin of mine, Lord. I've done no wrong. Yet they're ready to attack me. Arise to help me, O God. You, Lord Almighty, you are the God of Israel. Rouse yourself. Wake up to punish all the nations. They return at evening. I'm tired. They're snarling like dogs. They prowl. See what spews from their mouth. Who can hear us? You are my strength. I watch for you, God. You are my fortress on whom I rely. God will go before me. He will let me gloat over those who slander me. But I will sing of your strength. In the morning, I will sing of your love. You are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I will sing praise to you. You are my fortress. I will rely on you. I want to pray this original benediction over you. It was given to, to Moses. It's from Numbers chapter 6. 
The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his son, This is how you're to bless the Israelites. Say these words to them. And these words are for us this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, my people, and I will bless them. God, as we go into this week, may we learn about the friendship that we have with you and the friendship that you call us to have with others. We love you. We thank you that you're a God who speaks to us. May we hear those words that you gave to Moses. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may he give you peace. We ask all this in your name.